mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the CDC says travel is safe for vaccinated Americans, so where and how are people vacationing this summer? We have advice for families planning their trips right now. Also this morning, America's optimism is higher than we've seen in over a decade. For all the fear that the pandemic would drive millions into bankruptcy, a new study finds far fewer than expected have experienced serious financial hardship. We'll dig into the numbers. In today's Throwback Thursday segment for Mother's Day, adventures in mediocre parenting that every mom can relate to and take comfort in. And we have Mother's Day ideas to bring the whole family together from Nintendo. Don't laugh, mom may already be a gamer and just not know it yet. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, May 6th, 2021. It is the National Day of Prayer. I'm going to say a little prayer for you today. And for those who are not religious, I guess it's the uh, anti-religious crowd, the atheist crowd, who has uh, also uh, designated this as the National Day of Reason. <laughs> National Day of Prayer, the National Day of whichever whichever uh, falls under the category for you. It is also, by the way, this uh, Thursday, May the 6th, the 126th day of 2021, 239 days until the end of the year. It is International No Diet Day. Well, that's something I think we could all get behind. <laughs> International No Diet Day, National Crepe Suzette Day, National Nurses Day, Big salute to all of the nurses. Uh, National Tourist Appreciation Day, which I think is significant. I mean, so many places. Where would we be without tourists? Tourism dollars. Well, we know where we would be without tourists. We saw it last year with all of the lockdowns, uh, just how much of our economy depends on travel and tourism and hospitality and you know, everything from restaurants to hotels and amusement parks and all of that just devastated over the last year. So welcoming them back on this uh, Tourist Appreciation Day. And it's kind of funny because, you know, a lot of tourist towns and tourist areas, people who live in those areas sometimes uh, grumble about the tourists. You know, causing traffic tie-ups and not knowing where they're going. and But, again, where would we be without? But anyway, uh, National Tourist Appreciation Day, World Password Day today as well. So, a uh, day to uh, go through your passwords on your various internet sites and consider maybe strengthening those. Some of the things worth celebrating, some of the observances today... Um, this is, uh, the latest pandemic related story. It seems like every day there is one or two of these. And, uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. It says as Americans continuing to get vaccinated and the state of the pandemic is improving in the U S more people are taking their masks off and anticipating everyone being able to see the bottom half of our faces. Again, the wall street journal as a report, the people are getting their teeth straightened. There's a boom in cosmetic dentistry. Citing a New York orthodontist uh, who said inquiries at his office are up 50% since the fall. And the owner of Invisalign Clear Aligners said the number of people starting treatment in the first quarter of this year was up 69%. Additionally, dentists have been reporting for a year now that they are seeing more teeth grinding, which is often due to stress because of the pandemic, and that could lead to people having to get their teeth straightened as well. So, again, just the long-term effects of the pandemic. Another example of it. Kind of interesting stuff. I don't know if you have uh, heard of this term or not as another internet term that uh, us old folks who are not in the millennial generation, who are not in tune to all of the internet terminology sometimes, may have uh, struggled with. So if you've seen this term and not known what it meant, uh, I have the answer for you. Uh, the term chugi or chuji uh, is becoming very popular on social media. C-H-E-U-G-I. 
G-Y. Chugi or Chuji. The uh, term has been really popular on TikTok, where users are uh, using this word to describe a whole slew of things that are the opposite of trendy. Or, and or, someone is used to describe someone who follows out-of-date trends, including fashion like Ugg boots. I guess they are no longer in. They're slightly off-fashion, wearing Ugg boots. Social, uh, social media use slang. The terms, uh, the term was actually coined several years ago by a young lady by the name of Gabby Rassen is credited with coming up with this uh, term, chuji or chugi. Uh, she tells the New York Times she created the word in high school, when she was in high school, to describe people who were slightly off-trend. Uh, it was just a word that she made up. It just came to her. There's no great meaning behind it. She said that the opposite of chugi is being confident and looking, uh, looking good for yourself, not caring what other people think. And she says the term was never meant to be mean. It has made a comeback this year. And uh, the hashtag Chuji or Chugi has been all over TikTok. And so in case you need clarification, see, I'm here to keep you hip. <laughs> in case you need clarification on this, uh, things like uh, wooden signs, all those wooden signs, live, laugh, love. And uh, all of those uh, wooden farmhouse-type decor signs, those are kind of chuji. They're slightly off-trend, not really hot. They're starting to become the old thing that is not trendy anymore. Um, all of those, the merchandise that says things like, but first, coffee. You know, one of those, yeah, we used to see those everywhere, not quite as popular anymore, so that's kind of off-trend. And Disney adults are very chuggy as well. So, now you know what that term means if you have seen it. Social media. I'm here to inform and enlighten you. So, speaking of the internet, you hear about the latest internet trend? Uh, some people online are swearing by a new way of getting high and if you haven't heard about this i hope you're not eating breakfast because this is going to gross you out this uh when it comes to experiencing artificial highs the new trend is eating rotten raw meat i kid you not they are calling it high meat it refers to meat left untreated for months or even years until it becomes rancid and it is said to produce feelings of euphoria when consumed. At least that's what the internet says. So health experts, <laughs> on the other hand, say they are not even sure if those feelings are real or if it's just a reaction to the colonies of bacteria entering your body or the delirium and dehydration of severe food poisoning, which understandably is a real possibility. So the long and short of it, according to health officials, skip that trend. Don't do that. Imagine that. <laughs> that would be the advice from health professionals. Don't eat rotten raw meat. I, it's, it's amazing to me that we actually have to say this and have to tell people this in this day and age. But then again, who believes health officials anyway? What do they know? No, I think in this I think in this case we can all agree that yeah, it's probably not a man. That is crazy. And you knew that this was coming. I I, I saw this again, circling back to uh, pandemic-related stories. You knew this was coming. A bar owner in California has been arrested this week for making fake IDs, not the typical type of fake IDs you might think of. The California Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control announced Wednesday that it arrested the owner of the Old Corner Saloon in Clements, California for selling fraudulent COVID-19 vaccination cards. You knew that it was coming. The department received a, a tip that Todd Anderson, age 59, was making and selling the cards at his bar 
which which is not a vaccination site, um, led to an undercover investigation, and uh, a an informant or an, an undercover officer was able to purchase the bogus COVID nineteen vaccination cards for twenty dollars. At least eight were sold before agents uh, shut down the operation. A laminating machine and thirty blank cards were confiscated. Mr. Anderson charged with falsifying a medical record, falsifying a seal, an official seal, several counts of identity theft, and possession of a loaded, unregistered firearm, just for good measure. <laughs> because he wanted to make sure that he protected his uh, illegal operation if somebody tried to you know, steal the fake cards or something. <laughs> Investigators uh, also said they are seeking a criminal complaint against one of Anderson's employees, who may have been involved in the alleged operation as well. So this thing going far and wide. But you knew that this was going to happen, right? You knew that this was going to happen. Anyway, there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start off your Thursday morning. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast, partly cloudy today with a chance of showers and a high around 60 Showers tonight, low around 40. It's never too early in the day for ice cream, and Governor DeWine and First Lady Fran DeWine enjoyed some during a visit to Deach Brothers yesterday morning. He did black cherry ice cream, and Mrs. DeWine did Buckeye ice cream. Erica Deach Brokamp says it was nice to have the governor and his wife stop in as part of Ohio Tourism Day. Governor DeWine has been here several times, and they are very familiar with our chocolates and ice cream, is what they told us. She says the governor asked a lot of questions about their business and how things were going. Get more on the visit on our website. A Finley man is behind bars after a drug task force executed a search warrant at his home. It happened at a house in the 1100 block of Brookside Drive. The task force says they found five kilograms of marijuana, nearly $23,000 in cash, four handguns, and other items indicative of drug trafficking. A 31-year-old was arrested and taken to the Hancock County Jail. Get more on our website. As part of the United Way of Hancock County's Days of Caring Service event this week, volunteers are helping get the community gardens in Finley ready to go. The United Way's Taylor Coote says the garden was started 11 years ago as part of their Halt Hunger initiative. They're allowed to plant whatever they want from flowers to produce. A lot of people will do produce like tomatoes and um, cucumbers and things like that to feed their families or to donate back to the community. Taylor says over the past five years, more than 23,000 pounds of fresh produce from the garden has been donated to area food banks. You can learn more about Days of Caring and the Community Gardens on our website. The Hancock County Farmer's Market will kick off its 2021 season today in downtown Findlay. Local vendors will be offering everything from homemade baked goods to knife sharpening. The Farmer's Market is in the parking lot of the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts and will be open from 4 to 6 p.m., rain or shine, on Thursdays from May through October. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Some very good news this past week for those who are itching to get back to vacationing this summer. Guidance from the CDC indicating that it is safe for fully vaccinated Americans to travel. And in a new report, Airbnb finds that travelers are opting for more remote and off-the-beaten-path destinations in the summer of 2021. Joining us this morning is the Director of International Communications at Airbnb, Cassidy Blackwell. And Cassidy, is kind of interesting because uh, last year, for those who did travel, the trend was these more remote locations simply because we wanted to social distance and stay away from others as a precaution. But now, even the fact that it uh, appears to be safe to travel normally again it seems that people are still preferring those more remote destinations. Absolutely. You know, I think the reality is people have been stuck inside. They've been self-isolated. They've been in the same space for over a year. And so they're really looking to get into open-air adventures and experience the great outdoors. And so you're completely right. It's a travel trend that has stuck. Um, But I think it's because we've just been in this sameness for so long. But we're seeing that people are really ready for the summer. And as a result, 
we're anticipating a once-in-a-lifetime travel rebound being driven by these great outdoor adventures. So for so many people, you know, we have Memorial Day being the unofficial start of summer. Right. And we're already starting to see it get ready for the rest of the season. So searches for these remote destinations in Ohio have increased by nearly 57% in March wow. as compared to 19. So we're seeing an even larger increase this year. Um, and what we're seeing with that, we're seeing people search for farm stays in the countryside and cabins next to national and state parks. And we have something really cool for people who are looking for a lot of space. We actually just listed an entire mountain on Airbnb. <laughs> an entire wow. mountain. Yeah, it's really cool. It's in Big Sky, Montana. It's got 6,000 acres of private access for just two guests. It's totally a once-in-a-lifetime stay and experience hosted by a world-famous mountaineer named Conrad Anker. Um, it's going to be it's going to be truly, truly once-in-a-lifetime. Well, so, you know, yeah, we've got this year of sheltering in place, self-isolation, and people are getting off the beaten path, and they're starting to travel again and getting back out into nature. I, I tell you what, if you are looking for a remote place to spend some time this summer, that would definitely be uh, remote. Big Sky <laughs> Country would be the uh, perfect spot. Um, and obviously, this uh, trend toward uh, the uh, more... Uh, isolated uh, types of uh, of areas uh, rather than the uh, trendy um, uh, vacation hotspots obviously opens up a lot of opportunities for those who would like to make a little extra money. And we've talked about this before, make a little bit of extra money renting out uh, their home or their extra space within their home. Absolutely. Again, we're looking at a once-in-a-lifetime travel rebound, and that travel rebound could mean a potential windfall for existing Airbnb hosts, or if you're considering sharing your home too, it could mean a windfall for you too. And so here's what I'm talking about. In Ohio, rural hosts have earned a total of over $27 million since the pandemic started last March, and the typical rural host in Ohio earned over $9,000 in that same time period. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. So as we're looking to the summer, given the fact that we're expecting this huge travel rebound and that people are visiting off the beaten path destinations, it's a great time to start hosting, as you mentioned, to earn a bit of extra cash, especially if you live in a rural community. And, uh, you know, you bring up a good point. You kind of alluded to this. You don't have to do it forever. Maybe you just do it this summer and uh, see how it goes. You don't have to commit forever. Uh, but the opportunity is there right now. From this report, what are some of the other uh, travel trends that you see uh, coming up for 2021? Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll talk about an interesting um, population segment that I think we're starting to see some really strong travel demand um, growing within, and that's the senior community. So vaccines are giving people a ton of consumer confidence in traveling this summer, especially among seniors who are now the most populated, or I'm sorry, the most vaccinated population in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, so in Ohio, we saw what a 102% increase in summer searches on Airbnb by seniors in March as compared to February. Um, but, you know, we're just seeing that across the board. Vaccines are giving people hope. It's giving them confidence to get back out there. And one of the main travel trends that we're seeing is that people are traveling to reconnect with their loved ones. After this year of isolation, people haven't seen some of their families in over a year, and they're using travel to help have these meaningful travel experiences and reconnect with their loved ones. Yeah, not a big surprise there. So what advice would you have, with all of that being said, what advice would you give for travelers as they start to think about uh, planning their summer vacations now? So number one pro tip, book early. Book extra early this year. If you're planning on taking a vacation this summer and you haven't already booked, I would recommend getting on it ASAP. So based on our consumer polling, we know that people are ready. We can already see on Airbnb that people are searching for places to stay, that they're planning their summer adventures, that they're booking their trips. Um, I know I have been personally filling my Airbnb wish list with summer stays and the time to book is right now. Um, on that note, I do have another tip, which is that Airbnb just rolled out a new feature called Flexible Dates. 
and it allows people to take advantage of their more flexible remote working schedules, of long holiday weekends, of summer vacations. And so you can enter in that you'd like to get away for a weekend in July or a week in August or even a month long stays. And it'll give you a range of options that aren't anchored to an exact date. So it just makes it so much easier for you to book a great Airbnb stay. So number one, book early. Two, take advantage of flexibility in remote and working and school schedules um, and use the flexible dates feature. Good stuff there. Again, talking summer travel 2021, a return to summer travel in 2021. Cassidy Blackwell is Director of International Communications at Airbnb. Cassidy, thanks very much for the advice. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, while many Americans have faced challenges from the financial strains brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, a recent survey commissioned by PenFed found that many individuals who anticipated those struggles at the onset demonstrated more resilience and greater financial success as the pandemic wore on. Jamie Gayton of uh, PenFed Credit Union joins us now with more on this survey. So, Jamie, what I take that to mean is that those who planned for difficult times ahead did better at navigating those difficult times when they arrived. Is that kind of the long and short of it? That's absolutely the long and short of it. So that is not such a a groundbreaking revelation. The uh, whole lot of how many times we heard that people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. But what was particularly interesting is just how well those advanced planners weathered the financial storm. Talk a little bit about about some of the uh, results that you found in this survey. Sure. Let me start off by saying that PenFed Credit Union is one of the largest credit unions in the United States. And we share the ethos of all credit unions, which is people helping people. And that's what inspired the survey. Uh, We did it in March of 2020, and we updated it in March of 2021 because we wanted to follow the trail to see what when, when the pandemic first struck, there was a lot of uncertainty. We wanted to follow the trail to see how that has changed over time and with the impacts uh, of, of several stakeholders. Let me start off by saying, first off, uh, the findings were significant, but right up front, I want to acknowledge that there are still many people that are suffering from the pandemic. Uh, but these findings were so positive, it's important to get them out. Number one, far fewer people had to dig into their savings in order to cover COVID-19 expenses than thought they would have to based upon the first survey. Additionally, about 50% of folks said when they received the stimulus, they were able to use it to save or invest for their future. And about one-third said all they were able to make all of their current payments uh, as they needed to make, uh, and they were able to save and invest some money for their future as well. So fantastic outcomes. It all portends for a very positive future going forward. And I highlight that there are three stakeholders that were key to this. Number one, the federal government, uh, they stepped in very quickly and did it over time. They provided the stimulus uh, payments. They provided enhanced unemployment benefits. They provided the Paycheck Protection Program. And that signaled to the American public that, you know what, the federal government has our back. They will keep us going in a positive direction until we get through this pandemic. The Federal Reserve cut interest rates to near zero. And that's been a huge boom right now for the, our mortgages. Uh, home buying is, is, is hitting record highs right now. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for car loans. People are able to take out car loans. I also want to highlight the success of the American people. Um, individuals have been incredibly resilient through this pandemic. Uh, there have been spikes in COVID. There have been reductions. There have been starting to open up and then close back up. And people have done what they needed to do to work through this and weather this storm. And the third organization I'd like to highlight is financial institutions. Uh, Instead of closing up shop, they ran to the sound of the guns. They remained open. I can tell you our branches stayed open the entire time to make sure we could service our members. We call them our family. Uh, Our service centers, within 48 hours, they had moved to remote work and they were taking care of members. Uh, And that put us in a position where we could now look for the other things we could do to take care of our members. One of them was skip payments. For the folks that were struggling, we set up an automated process where they could receive up to six skip payments for their credit cards or for their auto loans with no questions asked other than to say that it was COVID-related. And that allowed them that breathing room to put themselves in a good position for moving forward. Mm -hmm. So it's been fantastic. We've been very, very, very pleased with the outcome. Some of those numbers that you mentioned are quite dramatic. Did you find it surprising 
that so many uh, Americans had such uh, positive financial experiences uh, during the pandemic. Again, I I can't imagine that that would have been really uh, anticipated when all this started. That's a great question. So when you go back to the beginning, there was so much uncertainty when the pandemic first struck. And I can tell you, when, when our folks went back into the branches, we didn't know how fast transmission was going to take place. We didn't know how, uh, you know, how quickly people might get sick. Mm-hmm. But they said they needed to be in the branches to take care of our members. And so that uncertainty, after a short period of time, the uncertainty started to wane. Uh, and people understood exactly what was going to take place. Uh, and so they were able to follow this. And then with all the government intervention, with, uh, with the individuals taking care to, to do the right things and mask up and social distance, what we saw was this positive outcome and people generating the outcomes that we were looking for, which is moving in a positive direction. Right now, what we're seeing is the economy is starting to open up. Uh, I'm hiring in all of our locations right now for, for Pantred, and I can tell you it is hard to hire folks because yeah. – Jobs are available and people are taking them. Yeah. Um, obviously, as we said, the lesson here is that those who uh, planned for the unexpected and financial challenges that we all know we're going to face from time to time, planning uh, is key to getting through this. That being said, for those who are struggling financially, for whatever reason, whether it's a lack of planning or maybe uh, they were in impacted even more than they could have planned for. What are some ways in which they can get back on their feet and, you know, join the ranks of everyone else who are starting to see that recovery now? Great question. And, and a lot of this is nothing to do with the position they were in, but the service sector was the one that was hit the hardest. Right. You know, if you were, if you were airline industry or restaurants or hotel industry, it was no fault of your own. But those things had to close, and so that puts you in a tough position. What I would say is, as the economy is starting to move forward, uh, now is the time to start looking at how you can prepare yourself for future financial crises. It's not when the crisis is ongoing uh, that you can take actions. It's right now. So rebuild and replenish your emergency fund. Every American should have four to six months of expenses in a liquid account, and I would recommend an online savings account because they pay higher interest. So make sure you look for emergency expenses. Pay down your debt. Once you get back into a job, don't look at this as, whew, we made it through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Say to yourself, how can I prepare myself for the next possible financial crisis? Pay down debts. And if you can, look right now to refinance your auto loan or refinance your mortgage. Interest rates are at historically low levels. Uh, and being able to do that, refinance, can save you thousands and thousands of dollars over time and even potentially reduce the number of years you have to pay on your loans. So take those actions. And the final one I'll say is, if you haven't looked into credit unions, take a look at a credit union. They are member-owned. They're not shareholder-owned. They keep the members as the priority, uh, and they look out for your best interest in everything they do. So look forward to that. Take advantage of, of credit unions. Uh, and and we'll hopefully see everything moving in a positive and rosy direction moving forward. Amen to that. Uh, Again, as we've been talking over the past uh, several weeks, uh, sort of a post-mortem on the uh, pandemic as we uh, get to what we hope is the tail end of all of this and things start to get back to normal. It's really interesting uh, looking back on uh, how uh, all of us collectively have weathered the storm. Jamie Gayton of PenFed Credit Union. We mentioned the survey, really fascinating information in that. Where do folks learn more about it? All right, go to penfed.org, P-E-N-F-E-D dot O-R-G. Jamie, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Time for our Throwback Thursday segment this morning, the upcoming celebration of Mother's Day in the spotlight today. If you are a mom who has ever felt like you are not worthy of the title sometimes, you will appreciate knowing that you are not alone. Every parent has those thoughts that they're just not a good parent from time to time. Kind of creeps into the back of your head, right? Well, back in May of 2016, we spoke with Karen Alpert. She is the creator of the wildly popular Baby Sideburns parenting blog and author of the book, I Want My Epidural Back. (laughs) It is today's Throwback Thursday. Karen, the uh, subtitle of the book here is Adventures in Mediocre Parenting. The uh, 
inspiration, I guess, being that every parent worries that they are a, uh, a bad parent, that they're not living up to the standard that they should based on everything they think they know about everyone else's parenting skills, right? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're, we're constantly looking at social media all day, so we're like, oh, I'm not doing a good job, Pinterest, look what I was supposed to do for my kid's birthday party, but I threw it all together and it doesn't look like that. Is part of that intentional on the, on the part of the people who are posting this stuff? I mean, are they glossing over their own perceived deficiencies as well? I, you know, I don't know. I assume that they must be struggling on the inside, too, like the rest of us. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I think people don't think of it. They think, oh, social media, I'm posting it for myself. But really, it's essentially the same thing as walking up to all the moms in your school, you know, at the school carpool line and saying, my kid got on the honor roll. <laughs> you would never do. Right. <laughs> right. And we, and we do se- uh, tend to share those positive things. And obviously, we're not going to go on Facebook and, and, you know, share photos and brag about uh, all of our failings. Right. Like, I never said, like, Zoe's in reading, re- reading recovery at school. You know, <laughs> because we never do that. <laughs> uh, exactly. And, and uh, again, from the blog, obviously, you have struck a nerve and you have, uh, you know, uh, kind of tapped into uh, this feeling that, that everybody seems to have. Absolutely. I mean, how, how can you not have it in this thing? I mean, even parents, I assume that parents in the 60s and 70s felt this way, too, even without social media. You feel like you're failing a little bit because your kids are kind of a mess. They throw tantrums a lot. Like, you feel like maybe you're doing something wrong, and actually, that's normal. Whatever failings you may uh, think you have, if there's love behind it, then, you know, it's really not as bad as what you may think. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess... You can go on Pinterest and you can create this most the most wonderful spread of food at your kid's birthday party for two hours, or you can spend two hours with your kid and and love them a lot and read some books with them, and that might mean a lot more. So <laughs> I, I, I I because I I wonder if there is somebody who is uh, looking at this and saying you know we we shouldn't be lowering our standards necessarily, and that's not what you're talking about. It's no. it's obviously you you want the the right attitude and the right mindset be uh, behind it, but not necessarily beating ourselves up. Yeah, don't beat yourself up and laugh. Like I just I mean, if anything, I want my book um, to bring laughter to parents because we're all experiencing the same thing. You know, when my kid sits in the public restroom for 30 minutes and I can't get him to get off the toilet, like, guess what? At the exact same moment that I'm going through that, there's another mom in a different public restroom going through exactly the same thing. So, And that's comforting. There's something there, nice knowing there is that. Some, yeah, there is some uh, strange measure of comfort uh, in that, and I'm reminded of, of what uh, my... I remember my parents uh, uh, laughing at me when I would go through uh, all of this and and be as frustrated as I'm sure they were with me. Uh, and I remember them saying, we're laughing with you, not at you. Yeah. Uh, although it certainly felt like they were laughing at me at the time. Right, 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 right. And I, I know, you know, if I can't laugh at myself then I'm going to be crying. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the, the, the book is full of these types of, uh, of stories and observations and, and so on. Are there things that you even hesitated to put in the book? Yeah, there's plenty of stories. that <laughs> uh, Not plenty. There are stories that we've talked about in our house that, uh, you know, I've talked about with my husband, and we've decided we're not going to share that. <laughs> so, <laughs> even, so even you Believe have... it or not. And yeah. you know what? As the kids get a little older, I'm more mindful of what I share on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's changed a little bit. But um, I think this, the, my first book talked a lot about kids and what kids, you know, quote unquote, did wrong, mm-hmm. um, made, it, made it hard for us. This book talks a lot about parents, too, and, and the struggle that we go through every day and, and how we mess up a lot on a daily basis. Yeah. As we mentioned, the Baby Sideburns blog is an extremely popular community. I would imagine that's got to be uh, tremendously rewarding, not just as a way to uh, sort of share those frustrations that you have as a parent, but also to know that you are helping others kind of, I don't want to say reprioritize, but rethink uh, maybe what they consider to be their own failings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whenever I put up a post, I, I have a Facebook group called Baby Sideburns, and it's just um, this amazing community. And whenever I put up a post there, there I've got this little insecurity in my head saying, oh, God, what if nobody feels that way? <laughs> and, and I put it up, and then all of a sudden all these people are commenting on it and liking it. And, and it's, not the, it's not that I need likes, per se. Mm-hmm. What it's telling me, what those likes are telling me is that there are thousands of other parents out there that are feeling the same way. Yeah. They're going through the same thing. And that's 
so it's such a comforting feeling just knowing that. Yeah. Uh, the uh, new book is called I Want My Epidural Back. Karen Alpert is the uh, creator of the Baby Sideburns Parenting Blog. And what is the address for that, by the way? Um, I would go to Facebook, just do a search for Baby Sideburns and okay. follow it. I post you know, probably three to five times a day with fun pictures of my life and funny things that are going that are you know happening to me and excellent. You know, some mom judging me somewhere and looking <laughs> on her. Well, well and, that's, <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, the you know, you know, putting that stuff out there that that somebody's going to judge, but it you know, obviously, you you come to the point where. It is what it is, and I, I'm comfortable in my own skin and my own parenting skills, and hopefully uh, we can help other people uh, do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all do things differently, but, you know, we're all having the same exact struggle every yeah. day. From May of 2016, it is our Throwback Thursday segment this morning. Karen Alpert, author of I Want My Epidural Back and a creator of the wildly popular Baby Sideburns parenting blog. We have it linked up at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update of the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. So how does a farmer in Belgium accidentally change the border between Belgium and France by seven and a half feet, you ask. (laughs) How does this happen? Well, believe it or not, it was innocent enough and uh, really actually understandable. See, this farmer uh, was working in his field and he moved this stone uh, out of the path of his tractor. It was blocking the uh, the path, and so he moved it. As simple as now, this was a big stone. It weighed like 330 pounds. Here's the problem. The stones, it was, uh, it was one of a, a, a series of stones, a pathway of stones, if you will, that had been placed to mark the border between Belgium and France. And uh, historians who were walking in the area uh, noticed that the, <laughs> that the stone had been moved. And thus, because the stones mark the border... <laughs> This farmer had moved the border between Belgium and France by seven and a half feet. Uh, Mayor David Laveau of the uh, of the town, would name I can't pronounce, I won't even try, uh, said that the stones had been placed to mark the border under the Treaty of Kortjik in 1820. And uh, the the mayor says. Local farmer apparently moved the stone out of the path of his tractor and did not return it to its original location. So Belgium and our municipality have hence been enlarged, <laughs> according to the mayor. The French, not surprisingly, do not agree. <laughs> Going to have to put things back in place, the mayor writes in a Facebook post. He says the farmer will not face any legal consequences if he returns the stone to its original location. <laughs> you just move the stone out of the way of the tractor and thus change, start an international institute by uh, international incident by uh, changing the border of the two countries. <laughs> Elsewhere in the broken news this morning, speaking of unusual things in one's yard, a Missouri couple fortunately is safe after making an explosive discovery in their backyard. Pamela Coffey said she was gardening in her home in Jefferson County last week when she uncovered a World War II-era Japanese Navy mortar. Now, how it got there is a mystery. I mean, to the best of my knowledge, the Japanese did not bomb Jefferson City, Missouri during World War II. (laughs) I don't remember uh, that in our uh, history books. But nonetheless, it was a Japanese Navy mortar buried in her backyard. She called the Sheriff's Department for help. In turn, they uh, contacted the ATF and the Air Force. It turns out the old bomb was still live. And uh, authorities say it had a blast range of about 500 feet. Uh, Ms. Coffey said that they were told it was a super rare find, but also they were certainly lucky that they weren't hurt by the bomb. Can you imagine how unstable that is? You're in the garden with your trowel and you hit a World War II bomb that's unexploded? And that could have ended very badly, but fortunately everyone is okay. 
have a story to tell. Um, speaking of getting unusual things uh, with just ordinary everyday occurrences, when you go to the store and you buy eggs, you never can really be quite sure what you'll find inside. A curious woman in England says she saw an experiment on social media, and so she thought she would uh, try it herself. Adele Phillips bought a package of free-range eggs back in March. She says she bought the eggs specifically to see if she could actually hatch a bird from them. She says she used an incubator that she bought online to keep the eggs warm while she waited to see what would happen. Lo and behold, by the end of April, April, a baby duck popped out of one of the eggs that she had bought in the store. She said she wasn't sure the experiment would work, but she had seen someone do something similar on TikTok. She said she was amazed when the duck emerged from its shell and plans to keep it as a pet. Only one of the eggs hatched, though, so she'll eat the rest of them. And uh, also from the international file, the broken news this morning, this seems fair. Under state law in South Australia, great white sharks are a protected species, and it is illegal to possess any part of them. You know, in this country, not so much. If you go to Florida, you go to any souvenir shop, you can buy shark shark teeth. Not so in South Australia. They are protected, and it is illegal to possess any part of them. But authorities have made an exception. Chris Blows, age 32, was nearly killed in a shark attack back in 2015 that left one of the shark's teeth embedded in his surfboard. Uh, In the attack, he spent 10 days in a coma, and police who recovered his board handed the tooth, fish, uh, kind of uh, chipped the tooth out of the uh, uh, surfboard in which it was embedded and handed it over to authorities at a local fishery. Mr. Blows said he asked for the tooth several times over the last six years as a memento of the attack. Uh, And finally, authorities have granted the first-ever exception to the rule after a state government minister got involved. It does seem fair. I mean, if uh, a shark tries to eat you, you should at least get to keep the tooth if you survive. That does seem like a fair exchange. I understand you want to protect the animals and all that, but that seems fair. Uh, There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. The odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. And we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN, your year-round home for exciting sports play-by-play coverage. Cleveland Indians baseball, Finley Trojan and Ohio State football and basketball, Blue Jackets hockey, and the NFL regular season, postseason, and Super Bowl. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time. The best in live sports coverage happens here. 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. This is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how the uh, pandemic has changed the way America works. A lot of people lost jobs or their jobs got changed or maybe their hours got scaled back because of the pandemic, whatever it might happen to be. And as a result, a lot of people are thinking out of the box of ways to make money moving forward. One third of young people, according to a new survey of 2018 to 24 year olds, one third of these young adults are considering quitting their jobs altogether to sell stuff on the internet. Specifically, selling goods on their smartphone apps. Uh, This survey found that the most popular item to sell via their mobile is clothes. 49% are selling clothes uh, online. I don't know whether that's secondhand clothes, stuff from their own closet, whether they're uh, opening up a retail storefront, whatever, but that's young people are selling on their mobile devices. And this is becoming like a full-time job. Footwear is second, 24%. Video games and consoles make up 24% of the goods sold 
on smartphones. And there has been also a significant portion, a significant proportion, I should say, of young people tapping into trends such as retro cards and fitness equipment um, uh, or advice or classes to make money for others to make money. Huh. So if you've, uh, you know, young people have learned how to make money on their own, showing other people how to do it. And that in itself has become a money-making venture. Overall, 67% of young people have sold at least one item on a smartphone app since March of 2020. And again, one-third have become uh, so proficient at it that they're thinking of making it uh, a full-time thing. Uh, Almost a third have sold 10 or more items. This is according to research by O2 Business, which uh, offers small and medium-sized business uh, uh, customers uh, flexible packages specifically designed to help businesses as they evolve. So anyway, just kind of interesting that this is becoming quite a thing, selling things online. Of course, that's always been a been a thing, you know, the eBay and stuff like that, but using specifically just a mobile device as a career move. Kind of interesting. Okay, so Mother's Day is right around the corner now, and while celebrating in 2021, like 2020, maybe a little different than it's been in the past, it is a great chance to give the gift of family time. And joining us this morning to talk about how Nintendo is helping foster connectivity for families, host and TV personality Liliana Vasquez. And uh, Liliana, I have to be honest, when I think of Mother's Day gifts, Nintendo is not the first name that comes to mind, but you say (laughs) this actually is a great gift idea for families, really for the entire family for Mother's Day. Absolutely, and I totally hear where you're coming from, but hear me out. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, I think what moms want most is they want to see their family happy. They want to see their family together, and especially on Mother's Day. And Nintendo is able to bring families together. It's an easy way to connect with families, whether you're doing it through one of the Nintendo Switch systems, which is what I'm so excited to share today, or through your family's favorite game. There's great gifts for Mother's Day, and honestly, they're great gifts for the whole family. Uh, So let's talk about the Nintendo Switch system a little bit. This is just a crowd favorite. This is something that can be played on the television or you can take it on the go. The versatility makes it a no-brainer. But if you want something that is just for mom, I love the idea of gifting mom a Nintendo Switch Lite. This is a dedicated handheld system. And this is really cool because it's perfect for moms who love playing in handheld mode. It's lightweight. It comes in these beautiful colors that mom's going to just absolutely love. And she can throw it in her bag. You know, she's on the sidelines at her kid's soccer game. She's got 10 minutes between the games. She can quickly take 10 minutes for herself to escape with one of the awesome games that Nintendo offers. And we all know that when it comes to player personality, Nintendo has a game for everyone. Um, So let's just say your mom is a total thrill seeker. I know my mom is in particular. Uh, So great games to suggest as uh, a gift would be Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, I also think Super Smash Brothers Ultimate would be super fun for mom. And if mom is a little bit more relaxed, looking for a little bit more of a kind of laid back gaming experience, Mm -hmm. Animal Crossing New Horizons actually takes place on an island. um, And it's a really cool way for mom to escape the everyday without actually having to leave her out. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you brought that up because lest anyone think that we're talking about, I mean, we've all, we've all done this. We've bought a gift for mom or for someone else that's really kind of secretly for ourselves as much as anything. Uh, but uh, you, there are some terrific games that are uh, kind of perfect for mom specifically and even the, even the uh, uh, portable uh, console that is, uh, is great for uh, mom specifically. She may be a gamer and not even realize it yet and well, you, that's what i think is so cool is yeah. that you know maybe she just doesn't even know how much she actually is going to love gaming um you know i think when you watch your kids play video games that's one way to interact with nintendo but there's so many different types of games you know especially for moms that want to stay really active at home they want their family active uh nintendo offers a ring fit adventure this is really cool because it lets you explore this adventure world 
but it allows you to turn real world movement into in-game action, literally putting you in the game. Um, and then if mom loves music, I mean, I cannot tell you how much fun it is to play Just Dance 2021, <laughs> whether you're playing it by yourself um, or you want to have a dance party with your whole family. So I think it's breaking outside of what the traditional gaming experience looks like. And that's what Nintendo has done. It's made this ageless. It's made it multi-generational and it's made it accessible for every member of your family. Speaking of uh, stepping outside of the realm of what we typically think uh, gaming is, also want to point this out uh, beyond just the games uh, Nintendo has a new collaboration uh, involving fashion and even makeup what can you tell us about this uh, so so cool I mean I love games I love gaming um, it's how I get me time personally uh, but when we're talking beauty and fashion now you're really speaking my language <laughs> and so I was so excited when I saw the ColourPop collection it's an amazing makeup collection inspired by one of my favorite games Animal Crossing New Horizon the packaging is beautiful there's blushes there's eyeshadows there's lipstick I mean it is a full-on makeup collection mom is going to love the colors love the payoff it just goes beautifully on the skin and then if mom is a real fashionista then danielle nicole has an entire collection of bags that are actually based on the super mario franchise um, <laughs> so whether it's a crossbody or a backpack something really functional but still really stylish they all feature Super Mario-inspired images. So bringing in some of that nostalgia that mom probably grew up with in a whole new way through a really fashion-forward item like a great handbag. And I always say, listen, mom is never going to be unhappy with a handbag when that, it comes to Mother's Day gifting. That is very true. Thinking outside the box for some uh, really unique Mother's Day gift ideas. Again, uh, host TV personality Liliana Vasquez with us uh, this morning. Where do we get more information? Super easy. You can find information on everything I just mentioned and all about Nintendo at Nintendo.com. Link it up on our webpage. Liliana, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. And that will finish up today's podcast. Want to thank all of our guests for joining us, of course. Remember, you can get more information about all of today's topics on the program at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. We are always on. 24-7 on the World Wide Web. Check it out. Coming up tomorrow on the program to wrap up the week, Art Walk is back, and tomorrow's event kicks off the Downtown Dora. We'll have a complete preview, plus more tasty recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow. 